This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, today is the day. Today is January 6th. If you haven't been paying attention, it is a a big, big anniversary uh, for this nation. Uh, Do you know what today marks, uh, Ironhead? Do you know what January 6th is? Uh, Two days since the worst day in the history of our country. (laughs) It is uh, three years to the day we started this little show, January 6th. uh, uh, What would that be? 2020, we started the Callahan Show. We're going strong. We finally have a... uh, a partner in Newsmax, which is uh, some, was something I'm very excited about, although I've gone like a whole day without being on Newsmax. It feels weird. Um, I've got bumped. I've been bumped twice with uh, votes in the uh, in the House for Speaker, which uh, just it's not big news, but they keep cutting away to the votes and uh, Kevin McCarthy keeps losing. And I assume that will continue today. Today's going to be a very confusing day for uh, the folks on MSNBC and CNN and the Democrats, because what, what, what are they going to call the darkest day in, in Washington, D.C. history? Would it be January 6th, 2021, or will it be today? Because, you know, we have chaos in the House of Representatives. We have uh, infighting. We have a clown show. The city, the nation is paralyzed the eyes of the world are upon us. That might be my favorite. The eyes of the world are upon us. Yeah, I'm sure they're sitting in uh, Indonesia right now, or they're sitting in, uh, in in Ukraine. They're in the Donbass region, and they're saying, oh, my God, are they ever going to pick a Speaker of the House? It's been three days. When are they going to get this done? It is, uh, it is perhaps one of the most contrived controversies and I am enjoying, as I've said for a couple of days, because it is very revealing. Obviously, we know the Democrats, they're in lockstep. They're uh, voting for their guy, Hakeem Jeffries, a election-denying radical. And they'll continue to do that. Uh, but it's also revealing a lot of people, a lot of Republicans, conservatives who are uh, connected, who have an interest in the uh, deep state and making sure Kevin McCarthy, a swamp rat, is elected House Speaker, and you see it every day. I mean, it's a, there are there are people, as we talked about yesterday, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and Mark Levin and people, Hugh Hewitt, uh, who are really upset that their guy McCarthy didn't just get coronated on day one. They're upset that we're uh, we're, we're hashing this things out, this thing out, and these twenty insurgents, these insurrectionists, or as Dan Crenshaw called them, terrorists are making demands before they will uh, concede. I think Kevin McCarthy will eventually win the vote. It won't set a record. The record was set uh, more than 150 years ago when uh, Nathaniel Banks from Massachusetts was elected on the 153rd vote ballot. It won't go that long, but I don't care if it goes a little longer. I'm I'm kind of uh, fascinated by the whole process because we're learning just how... uh, uh, just how Nancy Pelosi consolidated all the power in the Speaker's office, and they wanted—they don't want that. They want to change things. Chip Roy's been an amazing spokesman. Uh, Matt Gates has been an amazing uh, disruptor. Nominating Donald J. Trump yesterday after Trump uh, endorsed Kevin McCarthy, uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it, and uh, I don't think there's any threat 
that the uh, Democrats will, uh, uh, the, their guy, Hakeem Jeffries, will uh, somehow sneak in and become House Speaker. That's a canard from uh, McCarthy supporters. They're all saying, ooh, this is dangerous. If, he don't, if we don't get this done, the Democrats will take over the House. Don't believe it. That's, that's just another lie. They're gonna, you're going to hear a lot of lies today. You're going to hear all the hysterical January 6th coverage talking about uh, how we almost lost our democracy. They almost beheaded uh, Mike Pence. They, uh, a Viking man, Jacob Chansley, a uh, kind of a mentally disturbed lunatic with, <coughs> with, with, with horns and a, his face paint, and his, his chest showing. That guy almost took over the, the government. It's been one of the, it's been two years of gaslighting and lying, and it will continue today. They will tell you Capitol Hill police officers lost their lives that day. That is a lie. I don't think we'll ever, ever put it to bed because they're getting, uh, they have capitalized on it. They have used the the deaths of Capitol Hill police officers after January 6th. Brian Sicknick died of a stroke after January 6th, but they don't care. It's it's all about, uh, it's all about uh, persecuting Trump supporters. There are people in jail in D.C. who do not have a trial date yet. They're waiting for a trial date two years later. Some of them might be innocent. You know, they might go to trial and win. Then what? How do they get these two years back? It's one of the great injustices. And hopefully, if, uh, you know, if uh, Republicans take, take the House, they have another January 6th committee, a legit one. And they ask legit questions like uh, how many FBI agents were in the crowd? Like, why isn't Ray Epps in jail? A guy who's on videotape saying we got to go in the Capitol. A guy who texted uh, his uh, nephew, I believe, and said, I orchestrated it. That guy is free. They, his name never came up in the sham uh, January 6th committee that we just uh, finished with. Never came up. Didn't mention Ray Epps. I'd like to see a new January 6th committee where they actually ask those questions and ask why they opened the doors, why Nancy Pelosi declined Trump's offer of uh, using the National Guard to protect the Capitol. I think we're going to find out. That's one of my predictions for 2023, um, that we're going to find out much more about January 6th, and it is going to be revealed that it was uh, all a setup. Yes, this is, and, and look at the last two years. Did they not get a lot of uh, political capital out of it? It was all planned. I mean, the Trump, the idiots that climbed in the windows and broke windows and stole the podium, they're, uh, you know, they're responsible for their actions. Many of them belong in jail. Many of them don't. But uh, I think we will, we will all agree it was a cynical, brilliant, depending on which side you're on, political stunt by Pelosi and the Democrats to open the doors and let them in. They were useful idiots, no question. But the thing was all arranged by Nancy P who's uh, a, an irrelevant backbencher now, which is a great thing. Uh, she's she's uh, still in the Congress for I don't know how much longer, but she's totally irrelevant. And uh, whether it's Kevin McCarthy, it'll be McCarthy. But if it was Kevin McCarthy or somebody else, I'm looking forward to actual hearings, actual uh, subpoenas and, and, and actual uh, attempts to get to the truth. But uh, you're going to see a lot of that today. Big day, January 6th. It's like Christmas morning for Democrats in the media. 
Um, they will tell you it's the worst day in America. Well, it was the worst day in American history. Today will be worse because there'll be a, a ballot, a, a vote, and Kevin McCarthy won't get 20 votes and the whole world is mocking us. Uh, we, we should do these uh, reactions before we get to uh, Joe Biden talking about the border. Biden's finally talking about the border and he's doing it in a classic Biden way, totally incoherently ignorant, embarrassing we have to get to it. It was it was an incredible uh, uh, press I don't know, press conference. I don't even think he took any questions. But here's all you need to know: your president knows nothing about the border. He knows nothing about fentanyl. He doesn't even understand the problem, and neither does his running mate, who he calls President Harris. Two years in, he's still calling her the president. It's amazing how out of touch, how out of it our commander in chief is. But I want to do these. Uh, 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 before we get to that, and and I got to get to this Idaho murder story. It's just fascinating. It is amazing. It was amazing police work. I think we all have to, uh, any of us who made snarky comments or jokes about the Keystone cops out there in Idaho or the FBI and how they were dragging their feet, we were all wrong. We were all jumping the gun. They did an amazing job. They nailed this guy to the wall. He's going to prison for life, or even uh, hopefully he's going to be executed. Uh, He's facing the death penalty. The families, at least one of the families is already calling for the death penalty. He absolutely has earned uh, an execution, but uh, we can get into that. I do want to get, I do want to, and and we'll give you the latest on uh, Damar Hamlin. Very good news for, uh, for, for Hamlin, his family, for the NFL. I would say bad news for, uh, one, one uh, party out there, and that would be your New England Patriots. I'm telling you, the more I read and hear this, the more I think the Bills are going to ride this emotional wave, maybe all the way to the Super Bowl, but uh, they're going to win one for DeMar this week, and it is going to be incredible. It is going to be emotional, and uh, I think the, uh, uh, the Patriots are going to be roadkill, but we'll get to that. Let me start with... Uh, some of the hysterical reaction, which I'm telling you, these people, they are just clowns. They, they are entertaining. We are laughing at you, CNN, MSNBC. You are providing us with uh, truly, truly uh, uh, comical moments. John King's a guy from Boston. He's a hack. He's a CNN hack. He survived, I guess, the purge at CNN, even though he's an old white guy, because he's what you'd expect. He's a Trump hater. He's a Democrat operative with a press pass. You got to hear what he compares the 20 Republicans who don't like Kevin McCarthy, because Kevin McCarthy is to them the establishment. They want to change things and electing a a, a, a swamp rat, a deep state guy like Kevin McCarthy changes nothing. So they want someone else. That's their take. We've heard it. Makes perfect sense. I understand it. I agree with it. I mean, I, I appreciate their efforts. It's part of a constitutional process. They have the right to do it. They're doing it. They're making their case. Anybody who says they that they're not uh, making clear what they're demanding is lying to you. They are laying out their demands clearly, and uh, understandably, one, two, three, four, five, you've heard them all. They want to, they want to rein in spending, first of all. They want a, a vote on term limits. They want less power in the Speaker's office. It's the, the bullet points are there, and you will see them. When the deal is done, you'll find out just how much Kevin McCarthy conceded, and that is a good thing. 
Um, but not according to CNN or MSNBC. According to them, this is an insurrection. And these, these people are terrorists and the world is laughing at us. But uh, let's listen to John King, what he compares a vote among the House members for their leader and compares the people that want someone other than Kevin McCarthy for good reason. They want someone other than Kevin McCarthy and, and what he compares that to. Go ahead. Let's listen to this fool. Someone has to be in charge of any organization. That doesn't mean you always agree with your boss. You don't always agree with your manager. You don't always agree with your coach. Imagine those two doctors we just listened to uh, who treated and all the people in the field who cared for that uh, Buffalo Bills player. Imagine if somebody said no. Or, or no, I want to do the other job. It doesn't work that way. When you're on a team, you have to, yes, yes, you go to the boss's office and you say, I want this, I want this, I want this. But eventually somebody has to make a decision. And you have to accept the responsibility of government. They don't want. Did you hear that? Uh, did you hear that? He says it, you're part of a team. See, he likes his team. His team, uh, the Democrats, they never step out of the line. Doesn't matter what they believe. Doesn't matter why they were sent to Washington, what their constituents want. They He wants people who do exactly what, Nancy Pelosi tells them to, or, or Chuck Schumer tells them to. That's the way John King prefers it because that's what his side does. He compares someone who says, I don't like Kevin McCarthy. I want to vote for Byron Donalds to the doctors who were caring for DeMar Hamlin saying, what if one of them said, no, I don't want him. (laughs) (laughs) Do these people even listen to that? Is there anyone there with them going, John, what are you talking about? Who's the patient right here? When in the comparison, who would be Damar Hamlin? Who's dying because someone's refusing to give medical care? Who would that be? Kevin McCarthy, probably. <laughs> I mean, somebody's. And uh, I would say, I would say he was topped. And and again, again, I'm going to enjoy this. I, I find it kind of interesting. I like fights. I like. I like openness, transparency, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing Congress people who were forced to show up, by the way, for the first time in two years. Pelosi didn't even want them in Washington because she didn't care what any uh, member of Congress did or said. She was in charge. They could stay wherever they want, at home, on vacation, vote remotely. She didn't care because she she didn't care what they thought. She was in charge and she ran the place like a dictator. Uh, They're not going to allow McCarthy to do that. And this, they're on the floor, they're there together, they're arguing, they're fighting, they're, they're mocking each other. They're, they're, I mean, uh, we went over Corey Bush yesterday who said that uh, uh, Donald is a token and a, and a uh, prop, the first black Republican whose name was thrown into, uh, into nominated as House Speaker, uh, Dan Bishop, another congressman, a, a hard right insurrectionist. He went after Corey Bush to her face it was good stuff. I mean, I'm enjoying it. But uh, Mara Gay, if you don't know who that is, she's a New York Times editorial uh, department uh, columnist, whatever, editorial writer. She's a moron. And if you've ever heard her, she's just what you'd expect. Everything's racist. Everyone's racist. Everything's white supremacy. She's she's typical MSNBC, New York Times reporter. She has... Uh, She's put her finger on something. She's nailed it. She wants you to know why there are people, 20 of them, some of them who voted for Byron Donalds, young second term uh, congressman from uh, South Florida, really smart guy, really well-spoken. He has a great future. He's not going to be House Speaker, but they threw that out there and as an alternative, and that would be okay with me. But she wants you to know why 
there are certain certain Republican Congress people, 20 of them, who don't want McCarthy, some of whom want Byron Donald. Some don't want the old white guy, the old deep state white guy. They want the young, up-and-coming black guy. She wants you to know that's racist. Do I have that right? That is racist. Let's listen to this idiot Mara gave on MSNBC. Go ahead. Things I've been thinking about watching this ordeal unfold is Fox News's um, impact not only on the Republican Party, but actually also on Republican voters. I mean, what must the voters who sent these individuals to Washington think of our government? Right. If this is who they they sent. I mean, the, you know, when you talk to some of these individuals, you get a sense that, you know, well, politicians are all crooks anyway, and the government's a joke anyway. Or, you know what, let's burn it to the ground. And really, you know, that's what these people were sent to do um, or to make a mockery of it. I mean, the other element here you touched upon a couple minutes ago, which is just that some of these individuals were people who uh, were really only elected based on a litmus test to stop the tide of diversity in the country, the browning of America, the fears that surround that. And so they were not elected to go do the work of government. And you're seeing that now. It's terrifying. It would be funny if it weren't for the fact that uh, we have real problems in this country that that demand uh, problem solvers. And of course, these are not public servants, uh, but they are meant to act as our public servants. I mean, you know, what happens when the next crisis comes? God, that, 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 she's just so stupid. It's unbelievable. It's the browning. They're afraid of the browning of America. They voted for Byron Donalds instead of Kevin McCarthy. And she claims they're afraid of the, and she says it's terrifying, terrifying because 20 people don't vote for the same guy that the other 200 voted for. And we have to wait a couple of days to sort things out. Terror. That's what terrifies uh, a person from the New York Times and uh, MSNBC. Uh, I'm sorry. A lot of people, you know, on my side are fed up with this and they're begging these guys to get this done. I think it exposes a lot of people, exposes people like this, idiots like this, John King and Mara Gay, and it exposes a lot of people on our side, as I talked about Sean Hannity yesterday, is people who have a real vested interest. They are friends with Kevin McCarthy. They are friends. They're, they're, they're deeply intertwined with these, with these swamp creatures and they don't like people shaking things up. And then there are people like me. I like it. Shake it up. Keep it going. Uh, if indeed Hakeem Jeffries ends up a speaker of the house, I'll tell you, I was wrong. I don't think that's going to happen. Matt Gates said last night, told Laura Ingram, he said, I will quit Congress if they elect a Democrat. He will quit. And I believe him. Uh, I mean, this guy, he, he is, I mean, he backs it up, man. He is, he is all in. He backs down from nobody. I kind of enjoy it. And, you know, he's, he and Lauren Boebert love Trump, but they're defying Trump. I thought that's what, uh, you know, the media people, the Democrats wanted people to defy to betray Donald Trump. Well, they did. That should be, you should enjoy that. But all right, we got so much more to get to on this Friday, January 6th, big, big anniversary day. Oh, by the way, it's also the 29th anniversary of the day uh, Tanya Harding's thugs clubbed uh, Nancy Kerrigan in the knee at after a practice in a session in Detroit. I think that was more detrimental to our country. You, you are too young. Lots of people are too young to remember. It was big. It was huge. 
And it could be, um, it could have been the worst planned crime of all time yeah. and, uh, until the Idaho murders. And we'll get to that, but let's do Biden first. And then we'll get to Idaho. Cause I'm telling you, I, I read the, the whole affidavit and it's fascinating. I recommend it. You want some weekend reading? It's only 18 pages, but it's a, a, a blueprint for brilliant police work. These hicks in Idaho, these rubes, they fooled us all. We thought they were bumbling, stumbling into each other. They were laying out a case and they nailed this scumbag to the wall. But before we get to them, it's it's Friday. We need to chuckle, don't we? It's been a long week, you know, a long week of chaos and insurrection. Joe Biden never fails to provide. He made a, he held a press conference, made a speech, whatever. He's actually going to go to the border for the first time. Not just the first time since he's been president. For the first time ever, he's never, as a senator, as vice president, he's never gone to the southern border. He's never witnessed the carnage in the last two years. He's never seen the damage that he has done. Uh, he doesn't care, of course, but uh, this was a freaking joke. Uh, first of all, he doesn't understand the problem. He doesn't, he is so out of it. He doesn't understand. I mean, obviously he's a terrible president and he's done some real damage to this country, particularly at the Southern, the open Southern border, but he doesn't understand that 5 million people have crossed the border on his watch. He doesn't understand that close to a thousand people have died trying to cross the border. You know, this guy who's brought, you know, dignity and compassion back to the white house. He doesn't understand that young girls are being sex trafficked, that cartels control the border, that fentanyl is pouring in. Now we've talked a lot about fentanyl. So as so is everybody, it's a, it's a huge problem. It's one of the two or three biggest problems facing this country today. 107,000 people died of fentanyl poisoning last year. 275 people die every day from fentanyl poisoning. It's killing a generation. It's the number one killer of 18 to 45 year olds in this country. It's a huge problem. Any politician, anyone, I don't care if you're from South Texas or, or, or Arizona or Maine or Alaska, a Cong every congressperson, every senator should understand this problem and, and, and realize they have to do something about it. They have to stop this. It is a scourge sent here from China through Mexico to kill young Americans. Our president, our, the leader, our commander in chief has no idea what fentanyl is. He has no idea what it's doing. The only thing he knows about drugs are, are his, his scumbag son likes to snort them on camera. That's all he knows. This was remarkable. There were some funny moments. Don't get me wrong. And some stupid moments. And we'll get to the app. He wants all the illegal aliens around the world to know, just log on, get on an app. And then we'll let you in the country. Just insanity. But let's listen to Joe Biden talk about fentanyl. And we've heard lots of people talk about fentanyl. It is scary. We've seen movies. We saw that series that who uh, I don't even know what it was on dope sick with Michael Keaton, just eye opening series about the, the scourge of uh, fentanyl and opiates. Uh, so I think people, most people have a general understanding and they're alarmed. They're disturbed. They're worried about the effects this is going to have over the next few years. Listen to this buffoon in the white house. Tell you what he knows about fentanyl. Go ahead. For example, since August of last year, Customs and Border Patrol has seized more than 20,000 pounds of deadly fentanyl. That's enough to kill, kill as many as a thousand people in this country. 20,000 pounds of fentanyl. <laughs> that, that, 
That is unbelievable. I mean, every time you see a see them seize a shipment of fentanyl, they tell you how many people it could kill. Usually it's could kill the whole country, you know, just to put this in perspective, 20,000 pounds is enough to kill four and a half billion people, more than half the planet. He thinks it would kill a thousand people, a thousand. I mean, that what's it, what's the, uh, what's in the movie? The, uh, I'm not a big on this movie when he's, does the uh, the ransom and says I'm demanding one million dollars? Oh, uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, Austin Powers. One million. Why wouldn't you do, do, demand a billion or a hundred billion? Why? Why a million? It's I want. Enough. I want to know what was on the teleprompter. What? That's a good question. I mean, his speechwriters, his handlers. Do they not know? Do they not understand the magnitude of the fentanyl problem? That's just a. That's just mind-boggling to me. Enough to kill. A thousand people. And he says it like it's supposed to be alarming and jarring. And oh my goodness, it could kill a thousand people. No, you fool. It could kill half the planet. Maybe that's why he doesn't care that the southern border has been overrun and people are just, <laughs> oh, is this enough to kill? That's how much yeah, fentanyl I mean, it takes. His story about this, every time they have an expert on, they try to put it in perspective and say that shipment could kill half the country. And this guy thinks it's enough to kill one thousand. That's how, like that one thousand people. That's how many people are in the you know the Apple Store when you walk by it. You know before Christmas in the mall. Yeah, it could kill all of them. No, stupid. It could kill half the world. Anyway, that was uh, perhaps that, that might not have been the funniest. It could have been the dumbest thing he said. He also doesn't understand. Doesn't know whether I was reading about this. Title Nine is the foundation of all our immigration law. He doesn't even know what it is. He called it Title Eight. He's just completely ill-informed. But there's much more to get to on this. Um, he, he he talked about, and this infuriates me to no end. Comparing people trying to get in this country from wherever, looking for a better life. I understand whether it's Mexico, Guatemala, Haiti, or or you know China, Russia. I don't know. They're they're coming over the border from everywhere. He compares them to Jews leaving Germany. Now, I just, I have no tolerance for this. I, honest to God, I watched over uh, Christmas, I got hooked again to, to Schindler's List. I saw it a couple, it's the most disturbing. Uh, I, I shouldn't watch it because it keeps me up. I can't go to bed after watching Schindler's List. It's just so disturbing and sickening and just, it rattles you. And it, it reminds you that nothing is the Holocaust. No one is Hitler, just Hitler. Hitler's Hitler, nobody else. They're escaping certain death when they made it out of Germany. They were escaping uh, death camps, concentration camps. They were escaping genocide. That's not what's happening here. That is the worst use of, of, of hyperbole and exaggeration you could ever imagine. Like someone from Guatemala or Honduras wants to come in here, get free, you know, get free food, clothing, healthcare, school, get free phones, you know, get jets around the country, whatever they want to go, wherever they want to go. They're not escaping a concentration camp. You, you liar. It's just, it, it, I don't know. It offends me when people try to make everything Nazi Germany and everybody Hitler, but let's listen to him attempt to do that. Go ahead. 
I think it is a human right if you have your if your family's being persecuted, if you're being dealt with in a way. I mean, like it was, I thought it was a human right for you know uh, uh, Jews in Germany to be able to go to get to escape and get help where they could. God, God, it's just he says it so cavalierly. Yeah, like Jews in Germany to escape and get help. Okay, who who would you compare them to? Guatemalans, Hondurans, uh, Mexicans, Cubans, uh, Haitians. Who are the Jews leaving Germany, escaping certain death? Who's escaping a genocidal regime that has made it clear their goal is to eliminate them from the human race? It's just insulting. And he says, and you know what? Yesterday, he never sounded more tired or old or confused. It was just, uh, 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 well, like, kind of like the Jews leaving Germany. You know, you're going to talk about that. You should talk about it with some conviction. You should wake up. You want to talk about, compare something to genocide. You shouldn't do it while you're half asleep. Uh, What else do we have from him? We have that other. I was going to say, speaking of confusion, here's him uh, referring to uh, President Harris. (laughs) Oh, God. Two years in, he still doesn't know who's president. Go ahead. I'm not being facetious. Well, President Harris led this effort. Led this effort to make things better. Even she was like, no, 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 she no, led, no. <laughs> she led the effort? She's done nothing, famously. She's done nothing about the border. Led the effort. God, what a buffoon. Uh, do we have him talking about the app? This is incredible. He doesn't know what an app is. But he's suddenly addressing the problem at the border. And tell me what this is going to do. I'll tell you, it's going to make it easier. It's going to make it more appealing. It's going to lure more people to the border. All you got to do is get an app. We'll give you the phone. Then you get an app and you can boom, hit the button, apply for asylum. And Hey, we're going to give it to you. Go ahead. Let's listen to him talk about something. He doesn't understand at all. Go ahead. Secretary of Homeland Security Marcus will detail these actions very shortly after I finish at Homeland Security. But here's one significant step we're taking. Over the summer, we saw a huge spike in the number of Venezuelans traveling through uh, through Mexico and attempting to enter the United States without going through our legal processes. There is, we respond by using uh, uh, and ensuring that there are two safe and lawful ways for someone leaving the country to come to America. That was one of the reasons you, uh, you were proposing. First, if they're seeking asylum, they can use an app on their cell phone called CBP1, O-N-E, CBP1, O-N-E. That's to spell it out, not the number one. <laughs> That's him clearly going like, we're going to round them all up and kick them out. I think this is the smartest thing he's done so far. Right? Oh, yeah. I would respect that. We say they do that. We have their locations. But he's sitting there trying to make it easier. Now, if you're sitting in Venezuela or anywhere and you're saying, I'm thinking about making the trek. Like he said the other day, it's not like they just sit around the table and say, let's go to the America. Let's give all our money to a coyote and go to America. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. It's just like when Corinne Jean-Pierre, cringe Jean-Pierre said, people aren't just walking over the border. And uh, there's Peter Ducey goes, yeah, that's what they're doing. They don't even know what's happening down there. I guess it's good. He's going to go to the border and see firsthand. Maybe he'll wake up, but he doesn't know what's going on. He don't. He doesn't even understand it. An app. Here we got this problem. Five million people coming over the border. Here's an idea. Let's make it easier for the next five million. God, it's just outrageous. Outrageous. And 
not like, not like that's a big problem. 5 million people coming over the border in two years uh, and bringing fentanyl that can kill everybody. We have bigger problems. We had a ballot. Not everybody, in, just a thousand people. Just a, that's true. It can only kill a thousand. Hey, what's the big deal? It can only kill a thousand. Hell, <laughs> that, that's how many people have died coming over the border drowning in the meat <laughs> Rio Grande. God, it's, it's just embarrassing. But all right, we got to move. We got so much to get to. I want to get to this this uh, Idaho story because I find it fascinating. And the latest on Damar Hamlin, good news, great news all around. And uh, an announcement, I think the NFL made it official, that game is off. But first, are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you've finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I know I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver and a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or a 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the code word Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Jerry to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There's zero obligation to make this request. Just text Jerry to 989898. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. All right, before we get to uh, Damar Hamlin and the latest, uh, I, I, I got to talk about this this Idaho story. I know we've been talking about it for a month. And I don't think we were that uh, tough on the authorities. I mean, we might have mentioned that uh, they're uh, dragging their feet a little bit out there in uh, Moscow, Idaho, after the uh, four... Uh, four uh, College students were murdered, butchered in cold blood with a knife uh, on November uh, 13th. Do I have that right? I have all the info. Um, and it took took a while, took a few weeks, but they got their guy, Brian Koberger. And they did it with precision. They did it with smarts. Yeah, I, I highly recommend you read the affidavit uh written by Brett Payne. There's a few heroes in this story and Brett Payne would be top of the list. He's a corporal in the Moscow police department. He, uh, he's only been with the, with the, uh, the MPD for four years, I believe a trained and qualified peace officer for four years. Corporal Payne uh, was assisted by members of the Idaho state police and the FBI. And if you think 
we're going to have a like fascinating trial coming up of Brian Kohlberger and there's going to be doubt and it's going to be, you know, one of these wall to wall coverage things where people debated at the office and say, I think he's innocent. I think he did. I think he didn't forget it. They nailed the scumbag to the wall. And one of the reasons they took their time, this, this affidavit, by the way, the, this is all the evidence they got before the arrest. So the uh, evidence they got after they busted him in Pennsylvania and seized the car and seized, you know, all, uh, or, or interviewed him or, or, you know, seized evidence in his home or, or his parents' home, that's all coming. I don't think they need it. I think, and I, and I just heard uh, some medical um, legal expert on one of the channels talking about, uh, oh God, they, they, I'm, I'm watching right now. I, I put on uh, MSNBC and CNN to see the celebration, January 6th celebration. And Hakeem, oh my God, Nancy Pelosi's speaking. She looks worse than Pope Benedict, who died like a month ago. Well, her husband, uh, her husband was outed and everything's crumbling and. <laughs> In front of her. Uh, I, I don't see him there. She's standing with Hakeem Jeffries and they're all celebrating the big day. They should be. She did an amazing job of setting the whole thing up and uh, to destroy Trump. Oh, her teeth are falling out as she's trying to speak. And they're all going to pretend it's the darkest day ever. None of them will mention uh, uh, the, the, you know, the uh, Trump supporters who died that day. None of them will uh, give a damn. They'll all, they'll all lie and say, uh, the cops died that day. It's it's just it, it, the whole charade continues. But back to Idaho. It's 18 pages. I highly rec- recommend you read it. There's so much here that's fascinating. They nailed him in many ways. They nailed, they got his DNA off the knife sheath, was found on the bed of two of the victims. They matched it with the DNA they got from his family's trash in Pennsylvania. That's good police work right there. They got his cell phone uh local, whatever they call that, locality of a cell phone pinging all around the murder house. He shut his phone off for uh, like 20 minutes, half hour to go in and commit the murders. And then he got back in the road and turned it back on. He's such a criminal genius. So they got it pinging all around the house. He goes in the house, he turns it off. He comes out, he leaves, he heads home, he turns it back on. Uh, That sounds pretty incriminating to me. My favorite part of this is Koberger, he's a grad student, a PhD student, and he was fascinated with crime and, and criminals. And he was he was on like a Reddit thread talking about committing perfect crimes and all this. He applied for an internship at the Pullman. He, he goes to Washington State in Pullman, which is real close to Moscow. He applied for an internship and wrote an essay explaining how he could help Pullman better analyze technological data in public safety operations. His thing was technical, uh, evidence, technical evidence, cell phone evidence, computer evidence. That was his thing, his pursuit. And he thought he knew what he was doing. And they just, uh, uh, they nailed him. They nailed him. They pulled him over in Indiana on orders from the FBI to get evidence. They pulled him over to see the car, to see his hands, to see how he would react. His father started explaining how they came from Washington state and he interrupted and tried to shut dad up because he knew, he knew he might be incriminating himself, but it's wonderful to read uh, about how he uh, left his DNA on the scene, how he left a witness. This is freaky, man. Um, 
if you missed us yesterday, we didn't know any of this, by the way, everyone was saying, what about the living roommate, the roommates who lived, the, the other girls in the house? And uh, what was their story? Now we know. This is amazing. Dylan Mortensen, she lived in the house. She opened the door. She saw him. She even gave a pretty good description, said he was 5'10 or taller. He's six feet. He was dressed in black with a mask, but she said he had bushy eyebrows and a thin athletic build. We have an eyewitness who will testify, which brings us to the big question, which I can't come up with an answer to. She saw him. He walked by her. She opened the door three times because she was hearing noises and she thought it was the dog or whatever, but finally she opens it. He walks by her and leaves the house. What does she do? Goes back to bed. <laughs> she doesn't call 911 for six more hours. That's just mind boggling. And I guess she said she froze in fear. That's fine. You freeze in fear. You're hoping he doesn't kill you and you, he leaves. And you go back. To, I mean, I probably in college, you know, on a Saturday night, probably had too much to drink once or twice and, you know, passed out or whatever. Is this, I mean, is she, was she drunk? How do you not go down the hall and see what happened? How do you not, uh, she's already got up and opened the door three times. It was the third time she was disturbed and got up and opened the door that he walked by and she didn't call the cops. Did she think uh, maybe it was just one of her roommates, like new guys or something? I, I don't know, but she's lucky. Obviously he let her live. He let the dog live. Um, but he left so much evidence. I know we're going to hear these shows, these uh, uh, legal shows and these Nancy graces. will talk about all the evidence and then, you know, they, they nailed him. They, I mean, he's, he's done. He's, if they, if they want to, they can make a deal and let him plead guilty and get life without parole I hope they don't. I hope they pursue the death penalty. He deserves the death penalty. He planned this. He cased the joint. I'm going to guess, like I've been saying for a few, few days now, that he's a frustrated loner who saw these cute, happy college kids. Maybe he asked one of them out and they blew him off, but he's one of those guys. There's a term for it. I forget what it is. It's like lonesome something. A guys who just can't get girls and, and rather than, uh, uh, you know, just go, they, they, if you can't, if I can't have you, nobody can kind of deal kills four people probably was obsessed with one kills four people, leaves all kinds of evidence. By the way, the cops knew it was him weeks ago because of the white Elantra. They tracked the white Elantra. They had him leaving the scene, heading towards Pullman. They did the whole search on white Elantras. They found him. It's a white Elantra with Pennsylvania plates, which he changed to Washington state plates, but they had him video of the car before and after he changed plates. They had him, they had him and they were observing him, watching him building a case. It's a, it's a great read. It's a, these guys did an amazing job. Uh, even the FBI, I know we've been killing them, but maybe if they stick to, to solving crimes and not, you know, domestic politics, they can still do a good job. This is a, a perfect example, too, of like, you know, you watch like uh, I think it was Patriots Day when they had that whole thing about releasing the info to the public. Yeah, this is a perfect example of it working when you don't. That's true. They they, they knew stuff and we didn't know. We we're like, what are they doing? What's going on? They knew right away. I forget the date. It was like a week later they had him. Uh, 
Yeah, on November 25th, they told the law enforcement agents to be, look out, be on the lookout for the white Elantra. On the 29th, Washington State University police officer queried white Elantras registered at S, uh, Washington State. As a result, they located a 2015 white Elantra with Pennsylvania license plates. The vehicle registered to Brian Koberger. Uh, they found that on the on November 29th. They located him, his car, his license plate. Uh, they they did the, he got pulled over in Pullman and they got his cell phone when he got a ticket. Uh, then they ran the cell phone ping thing, location finder, and yeah. found him all around uh, Moscow stalking these girls. Uh, that was November 29th. That's more than a month ago. They had him. They knew it was him. And I suppose they're not sitting there watching cable news. Uh, but they must have chuckled at people saying, oh, they don't, they got nothing. He's going to get away with it. They had the guy a long time ago. We committed the murders. They had him cold uh, 10 days later and tracked him, tracked him all the way to Pennsylvania. It, it's going to be, it's, you know, in a way it's kind of, uh, it's uh, reassuring that you can't just you know commit murder and walk out and everybody remember they were interviewing all the students and they were all scared. He's still out there. No, he was not out there. They, they, they were tracking him, following him. I assume they were uh, following him closely, expecting that not expecting him. He's going to commit more murders, but uh, it's a great read. It's great police work. And uh, they got their guy and I'm, feel great for the families, some of whom are already calling for his death, which they should. He deserves it. Uh, I hope they do not make a deal. I hope they pursued the trial. I hope they execute the scumbag. Uh, I do not think his father's in on it, by the way. I heard somebody, so I think it was Jesse Waters or somebody, oh, the father knew. I don't, he might have wondered about that white Elantra report, but I don't think he knew his son butchered four innocent people. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe that'll be a twist. Jesse Waters just throws stuff out there like that all the yeah, time. Yeah, he does. And he does it with like a smile, like he's half kidding. But all right, we got more to get to. Let's get to uh, the good news for uh, the NFL, for the Bills, for everybody, except the New England Patriots. But uh, let's do Shea. This is uh, for you homeowners and home builders out there. Did you know that Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. I've been telling you about this. This is the best thing. I think it might be the best thing they do is their precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, or you can customize the steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, you call Shea, they come over, they take the old steps away, which, by the way, they're really heavy. That is a pain in the ass. They take the old steps away, they put the new steps. You can sit in the window with the AC cranking and watch it all happen. And when they're done, your house looks better and it's worth more. This isn't an expense. This is an investment in your home. Check it out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And by the way, you can also look for a job there. You can go to Shea Concrete or get on SheaConcrete.com. They're always hiring. It's a great company, a great place to work. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade your profession and go work for Shea. Check that out as well at SheaConcrete.com. 
Uh, you heard it early yesterday. Good news out of Buffalo or out of Cincinnati, I should say. Demar Hamlin is making progress. They quote report he has making he has made a quote full neurological recovery. He uh, the first thing he asked the doctors uh, in writing. He still can't speak. He wrote, "Did we win?" And the and and the uh, doctors allegedly said, "Yeah, you won the game of life." I don't buy. I think they actually said that. It sounded like a little too dramatic. I think he was probably like, "Where am I? What day is it?" <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe he could have said, "What happened in the game?" Or "What did we win?" Uh, uh, no, you didn't win. The game got canceled, which it should have been. But the NFL made it official. I believe. Do you have Schefter's tweet? The NFL made it official. The game is off. Uh, this was last night. The NFL announced week 17 bills. Cincinnati game will not be resumed and has been canceled. That means they'll play one fewer game. That means the chiefs will probably win the top seed by a half a game. It's too bad for the bills. They don't get top seed, but I tell you what they do have. They have an emotional edge and I wouldn't say this about baseball. I wouldn't say it about, about basketball, but, in football, I think these things matter. I could be wrong. I picked the Patriots to cover, to lose, but cover yesterday. I'm having my doubts about that, Ironhead. The uh, the Bills, in talking about this, Sean McDermott, uh, Josh Allen, uh, Deion Dawkins, they're all very emotional, very happy for their, their teammate that he appears like he's going to survive. They are ready to go out and win one for DeMar. And that sounds, you know, high school-ish. It matters in football. I don't like the Patriots' chances. I think the NFL, for all its faults, you know, is 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 the best game. It's the best drama. It's the best story we got going for us. And we're going to see a team this week against the Patriots and going forward in the playoffs. They're going to have the number three probably on their uniforms. The fans are all going to have signs and number three jerseys. Uh, I think these things matter in football, and I think I think the Patriots are in trouble. Uh, Schefter tweets, per the NFL, if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati and if those clubs are scheduled to play a wildcard game against each other, the site would be determined by a coin toss. I thought they might go with neutral site, which would be kind of cool, but by a coin toss. So you need... Oh, that's Baltimore and Cincinnati. Um, so you, they're going to get screwed. The Bills beat the Patriots, but if the Chiefs beat uh, the Raiders, I believe, the Chiefs win the top seed by half a game, right? Yeah, they win by half a game. <laughs> it's it's like our standings because you decided to pick a, a couple extra games in week one and decided to have, you got more you got more losses than anybody. By the way, that's the most dramatic thing heading into the weekend. Ironhead has had for we are heading into week 18. We picked four games a week. He's never had a winning week. I don't, An amazing run you're on. It's like almost I, unbelievable. I, I don't know if we have, do we have, uh, do we have Sean McDermott? Cause he couldn't get through an answer. And I know that's not always a, a good thing. If your coach is a slobbering mess, but I think they're going to channel it. I mean, I'll be, I mean, wouldn't, would anything be more shocking than if the, if the um, Bills lay an egg on Sunday against the Patriots, that'd be shocking. If they go Funny. out there and get beat, and I know New England needs it. They're desperate also. But I just think, aside from the fact that they lost a, a good safety, the emotional edge, and by the way, they're pretty well rested. They played less than a quarter last week. 
So I think the Patriots are in trouble. This is a, they've been dealt a bad hand because they have to take on, you know, the, 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 the whole world, man, the whole world's going to be rooting for Buffalo. The whole, they're going to have just a huge emotional edge. Do we have anything from McDermott or uh, Josh Allen yesterday? By the way, Josh Allen, nice guy, nice gesture. He was leaving his press conference and he says he wanted to take a minute to, to say that T Higgins is not to blame. Nice, nice thought. But he said people, he said people were attacking T Higgins. No, people weren't. A person was an idiot. Uh, uh, Bart Scott was. That's it. Nobody else is blaming T Higgins. You didn't have to do that. Nobody thinks T Higgins talked to, talk to uh, uh, Hamlin's family, which is, which nice. I mean, they, they said, we don't blame you. Well, how could they? Nobody in their right mind blames T Higgins. Bart Scott was just looking for a hot take. He wanted to make a splash, wanted to get noticed among all the 10,000 NFL analysts on ESPN. So he said T Higgins did something wrong, like ducked his shoulder, whatever he said. It was stupid. We played it the other day. Nobody's blaming T Higgins. That's just, Bart Scott trying too hard. You know what he should have done? Bart, you should have said a prayer on the set. Then you would have got lots of good publicity like Dan Orlovsky did. But um, I can't help but think that uh, the Patriots are just roadkill this week. But we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll I, did, see. I picked uh, Buffalo by I'm a not. thousand, so. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, that's the one thing the Patriots have going for them. Right. Uh, Ironhead picked Buffalo by a thousand. Uh, here's a McDermott here. Let me pull it up. I'm not a big social media person. Uh, Josh did did share something with me uh, via text that he saw today earlier today, and um, and I looked at it, and it was uh, maybe you've seen it. it's about what maybe Demar's mom is going to share with him when he when he wakes up and. Um, Patriots are screwed. It's, excuse me. It's amazing to to know the impact that this has had on um, so many of so many people, and for now, Demar to be awake and. His mom to be able to share that with him is it's incredible. They are. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is a uh, tough thing to overcome if you're the New England Patriots and you're fighting for your playoff lives. The Bills are fighting for you know seating and home field and, and probably not in the. Uh, they're probably not getting. They're they're probably not getting a first round bye. But after that. Hey, they just had a buy. They don't need another buy. After that, they're going to ride the DeMar Hamlin wave right through the playoffs, and the Patriots are in their way. And the Bills are like an emotional team anyway. Josh Allen's a very emotional leader. And the crowd, God knows, up in Buffalo, very emotional, very intense. I, I the, the whole the whole country is going to be tuning in to that game and rooting for uh, Demar's team. And when it's over, they're all going to say we did it for Demar. They're going to give him a game ball, maybe give a game ball to his mom. I don't remember an emotional edge like that. I mean, it feels like 
a, a movie, you know, it feels like whatever, remember the Titans or something. These, these guys are going to be running through walls before that game. I mean, maybe the problem is they'll be too emotional and uh, they'll, they'll, you know, they won't be thinking they'll just be reacting and it'll get, uh, they'll get, they'll just be a little too fired up. But uh, that usually helps in football is all I'm going to say. So uh, I don't feel good about the Patriots chances and at least the NFL, you know what? I'm not sure. Obviously, it's not going to be fair. They played one fewer game. They're going to lose out by half game. They're going to maybe not get a bye when they should have, and they might have, and all that. But I think everyone agrees there was no choice. Like, there's no option. There right. was no option laid out in the last five days. Not one thing that we saw that said, that makes sense. That's how you play the game. That's how you make everything even. It just wasn't possible. And I think people understand that, and there's nothing you can do about it, and they can live with it. And when they look back, they won't say, boy, they robbed those Bengals or those Bills because they just had no choice. It was an act of God, and there's nothing they could do about it. But I will leave it there. Congratulations to Hillary Clinton. She's a professor now at Columbia University. I can't imagine a better candidate for a professor. She's, there's a woman who obstructed justice, destroyed 30,000 subpoenaed emails, who uh, was orchestrated the the greatest hoax in American history, the Russian collusion hoax, which our taxpayers spent 35 million investigating to learn that it was just a hoax created by Hillary Clinton to destroy the candidate Trump and then President Trump about as despicable and nefarious a thing as you're ever going to see. That person was just hired by an Ivy League university to teach kids. <laughs> what else do you need to know? So if you if you're doing a, um, keeping a count at home, Ivy, the Ivy league in the last, whatever, six months has hired Bill de Blasio, Brian Stutler and Hillary Clinton to teach some of the most privileged kids in the world. That is just incredible. You think she, besides that, she's worth hundreds of millions that she built people out of. Why does she even need that? She's going to like take the train into the city and teach chill, teach whatever 18 year old little bunks. Why do you want that if you're Hillary Clinton? Brian, Brian Stelter's not a guy I want my kids around. <laughs> I, I, I should take a walk over. I should take a, take a bike ride down to Harvard. Maybe he's doing a big lecture and I can sneak in the back and, and watch. But I don't know, you go to Harvard, you're like one of the most privileged few, pampered little pukes, and you're being taught by Brian Stelter and Bill de Blasio. All right, we got to wrap this up. Big January 6th celebration. Uh, I think it's still going on right now at the Capitol. Big, big day. The darkest day in our nation's history. Bunch of MAGA morons uh, marched through the Capitol and uh, stole the podium. Worst thing since the Civil War. Uh, All right. Um, And not a mention of Ashley Babbitt. CNN, MSNBC will do wall-to-wall coverage and won't mention unarmed Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt murdered by Michael Byrd, a corrupt Capital City, uh, Capitol Hill cop. But hey, why nitpick? It was uh, it was an insurrection? It was all Trump's fault. I think uh, I think I'm ready for a uh, a day of this nauseating coverage. But all right, we'll leave it there. If you want to stay with us, we're going to do our locals only show. We're going to continue on. We're going to talk to Turtle Boy. This will be our Friday locals only show. But we will wrap up the big uh, the big Newsmax production right here and leave it there thanks to everybody for listening thank you Ironhead Uh, we'll be back Monday morning this is the Callahan Show I'm Jerry Callahan see you Monday 
Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.